Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Let's grow big together. And all the fabulous podcasts made by Feast of Fun are made possible because of legendary listeners just like you. For an ad-free experience, access our full catalog of over 3,000 shows on our website, feastoffun.com slash plus, or follow us on Patreon at patreon.com slash feastoffun. Need help with your bodybuilding? Hire me to consult with you to get to the next level. Message me, Fausto Fernos, directly on Instagram, and for 99 bucks, I'll talk to you one-on-one on the phone and answer every question, every single question your heart desires. When you think of musical theater, you don't often think of bodybuilders, but the roles of Rocky in Rocky Horror Picture Show, Gaston in Beauty and the Beast, or Tarzan in Disney's stage adaptation all require a certain amount of muscle to flesh out the role. Let's grow big together! The podcast that has a certain sophisticated charm and lots of muscle. I'm Fausto Fernos. And I'm Mark Fillion. In this series, we're taking a look at the passion for muscle, adventures in bodybuilding, muscle gods, muscle worship, and practical advice to put on the games. Today, florist, musical theater actor, and bodybuilder, Jimmy Cook, joins us to look at playing all the jacked up musical theater roles, including Rocky, Gaston, and Tarzan, and his new enterprise as a competitive bodybuilder seeking to win his IFBB Pro card. Jimmy Cook made his television debut on the reality TV series Full Bloom on HBO Max and now runs a flowering gift shop called White Barn Decor in Belfair, Washington. Hello? Hi, is this Jimmy Cook? This is Jimmy Cook. Hi, Jimmy. It's Fausto. And Mark from Let's Grow Big Together. Woo! <laughs> How you guys? How you doing? Let's, let's grow big together. Yeah, it sounds great. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> uh, J- Jimmy, you have an amazing physique and also background in musical theater. And yeah. I noticed that you played every, pretty much every famous role that requires a muscular jacked build. Gaston <laughs> in Beauty and the yeah, Beast. Gaston, yep, Gaston. Tarzan, Rocky, and Rocky Horror. I was actually going through some of my credits, and I was like, I think there was a theme in me being in my underwear. I think that was... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not complaining. You look damn good in your underwear, (laughs) then and now. Well, thank you. (laughs) And and when you you. were... uh, What was the last role you played that required you to be, like, pretty much, you know, shirtless throughout the show? Um, The last role that I played was... Uh, right before COVID was Rocky or a picture show. And so I was Rocky in that. And um, it was really fun because we actually got to do it in a historical theater in Olympia, Washington. And they did a midnight showing on Halloween. And it was like, if you've ever been to a Rocky or a picture show live at midnight, it's crazy. But Halloween, it was 
like a rock concert. It was so fun. Now to clarify, this is not, this was the musical version where you're actually singing or is this the pantomime version where you guys are playing along in front of a projection of the film? This was the full musical version. So we had a band, everything. So we did it, um, audience participation. So, I mean, we all had to kind of learn how to hold for those moments. I had a few costume mishaps that had to be taken care of. Like what? um, (laughs) I, well, on the, it was the midnight one, someone Rocky, I had specifically asked the costume designer to make Rocky's shorts look more like a fifties bodybuilder style. Um, And of course, all I had to put my mic pack was down in that area and someone in the audience, as I was running through, grabbed my shorts and started to pull them down and wouldn't let go. And I had to like push them off and like keep singing this song to keep going. But um, it was it was one of those things. It's just a blast. So if anybody ever wants to do that show, like if you're a bodybuilder, do the show because it's a blast. Well, I mean, a lot of people don't really like in, in people's memory of Rocky Horror Picture Show. They think of the the monster, the creature. I think it's what Rocky. they call it. Rocky. They think of him as mute, but you, the, the role, the character does sing, uh, sort of Damocles. Yeah. The character sings sort of Damocles. I mean, he's in pretty much the entire show from the time he wakes up, he's almost in almost all the numbers. Um, other than a few of, uh, Brad and Janet's, but, um, I mean, it's a blast, especially the stage show you're put into like six inch heels. It was hilarious because my Frank inverter was six, three, Brad was six, seven and i was five ten so it was like all just giant you were the little fella i was the little guy i outweighed them but i was still the little guy well did you have to uh train specifically for that role like you're like okay i don't want to disappoint people they're here to see the creature you know i mean you also are playing a character that's based on peter henwood was kind of a gay icon, a bodybuilding icon. I think he, you know, the irony here, and I'm thinking about this right now, Jimmy, mm. is that he spent most of his life running a florist gift shop in the I UK. Think it was a, I thought it was an <laughs> antique shop. An antique shop, right? That was it, yeah. Very similar to yours. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm following his footsteps. I'm not Maybe positive. he's um, guiding you from beyond the grave. <laughs> he might be. Exactly. He's still alive. He's like, is he alive? He's alive. He's alive. <laughs> we would have heard if he was dead. <laughs> but your name of your store is White Barn Decor, so we want to do a plug of that, and that's based out of Belfair, Washington. Yeah, so White Barn... Um, so to answer your question, I was off season at that point. And the, the role that I really trained hard for was Tarzan because Rocky, I think in any ways you can be a big and bulky guy for Rocky, as long as you're showing some muscle definition, Mm -hmm. but Tarzan is, you say Tarzan and you have a very specific image in your head of who that character is. And we were, it was Disney's Tarzan. So, I mean, it's like, Everybody knows the show. Everybody knows what he looks like. Yeah. And I can't go out there and screw this up. Well, can you sing Sword of Damocles for us on the phone? <laughs> I don't even remember it. The Sword of Damocles <laughs> is hanging I, over I my head. So I think you're beating me on that one right there. <laughs> is Tarzan a musical? <laughs> Listen, singing that song, it ain't no crime. Okay? Just saying. Shanana, that ain't no crime. That ain't no crime. Yeah, I... I, it's so funny because when I was doing theater, yeah. I would be 
rehearsing for one show while performing another show. And I remember I would be like eating my meals backstage, running on stage, doing the show and then going off and doing it. And then I'd work out in the day. But I remember there was a couple times that I crossed shows. (laughs) It was like, Oh, totally different show. Re- redo the scene really quick. Like, Wait, you is gotta this go like back. A, one of those scenes from a, like an 80s sitcom where you have two jobs and you're going, or you're on two dates and you're going back exactly. and forth between the restaurants? Yes. And then you accidentally call the date by the wrong name. That happened multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, what show am I? Uh, I Dr. Like, Frankenfurter, yeah, Janet. <laughs> They're like, this is yeah. the wrong show, idiot. <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> you're like oh man i wanted to wear a feather boa and tarzan exactly i wish i could have it would have spiced things up tarzan <laughs> was an interesting role though just because i was starving during that show i just remember i was so hungry it was an outdoor theater and i had to make sure that i looked ripped for tarzan like i had to make sure it was like perfectly tarzan um but it was an emotional show. And so you had a lot of, yeah. there's a strong story plot of identity in Tarzan, um, where Rocky Horror is just more fun and kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Tarzan was dealing with a lot of stuff. So not only are you like, am I starving myself to make sure and hitting cardio every day and still working out this, I'm going through like a full emotional breakdown, like having this saying goodbye to my ape mom and all that stuff but um, were there like uh, puppeteers playing the apes or how did that like was it like a someone in a gorilla suit it was they had really cool costumes the way they did it it was almost like a um like they tied fabric all over the costumes so the costumes kind of shook as they as the actors walked so they they formed like an ape walk but there wasn't like we're talking to an ape. It was just some a little touch of makeup, and it was artistically done. It looked great. It looked great from a distance. It was okay. sometimes it was not like a questionable post. thing. You're like, I don't know. I got do, this look. Do the, do the gorillas speak? No, my, do they speak in the show? Is it ones, like Planet of the Apes? One's oh like a Rosie O'Donnell's voice, right? Yeah. In the so <laughs> that was the part that was a little weird. Was that in that show you would flip between? So Tarzan would flip between talking to the apes because he could talk to the apes, but then he couldn't talk to the humans. So you, you, it was a little weird sometimes (laughs) to to have to adjust. I mean, I know it's a script and you're like, okay, I can just play this and do it. But, um, it was interesting going back and forth between those. And And, then mm -hmm. refresh my memory though. Uh, can, does the Tarzan character do the Carol Burnett? Ah, you know, (laughs) um, at the very yeah. end, he does like a, ah, like that one, but you have to mimic the Disney version. I believe that was like the thing. It had to be very specific. So you're lip syncing the, the, the roar of Tarzan. I had to do it. I had to do it myself, oh, you did. but I, yeah, it was similar. I can't, like I said, it's been a while, but I can't, uh, I just remember I had to do it at the very end of the show. Well, I imagine I that you that. were like, you know, arousing a lot of the men and women and non-binary people in the audience. <laughs> I will say yeah. we had to do a meet and greet after, and we had to get my Jane and I had to come up with a signal that I was like, it's time to move the bod, please. <laughs> they, would, they would hand Jade the phone to take the photo of us. The moms would be like, here, take a photo of us. And then the moms would grab me. Oh. And we would end up having photos together. Um, but it was 
it was fun. I mean, that's the thing is that um, you're playing a character that a lot of people know and and have fallen in love with and so to give them that realistic image of what it is was a was an honor and it was a lot of fun and i had no problem with the photos and that i was like whatever enjoy <laughs> were you dating anybody at the time and they're like jimmy keep the loincloth on <laughs> um no the funny part about the loincloth was when they first brought it to me yeah i was i was wearing a dance belt and they gave me the loincloth and I like walked out and I was, it was like full ass cheeks. And I was like, I looked at the director and I was like, there's children in the show. I cannot wear this. And I just turned around and walked out. Cause I was like, there's no, there was nothing. So they had to design a little bigger one that went on. Um, but I was, I was single. There was no way I was going to let anybody ruin that. moment for me. <laughs> so, you, so you made them give you a bigger uh, loincloth. So to cover your ass cheeks. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it still was questionable. Mm. But, <laughs> was, but I mean, because you have a plump, thick, ripped, muscular booty. And so uh, an average loincloth would cover it fine. But here we had to like add an extra patch of fur. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, with my, uh, I tend, my legs and glutes do tend to grow the quickest in my training. And so that was an area that I always was like, guys, like you're going to do something for a normal guy. It's not going to work for me. Like you have to make sure that it's a little larger. Cause that area is just, it doesn't stop growing. Well, is that like, <laughs> you know, your credit to your dance background or something else? Um, so I think honestly it comes from, I grew up on a horse ranch. So I was from the age of like six and seven, I was out on a barn working with animals. I mean, my mom and dad, the, my mom bred German sport horses. So I used to ride horses. Um, I was, when I was a kid, I was throwing around hay bales. I mean, we would make huge hay forts. I was carrying animals back and forth. Like I was just a really active kid that was outside on a farm. And, um, when I first started training, uh, kind of what started happening was I started noticing my endurance is really, really high. And I can just keep going. And um, I just attributed that to um, the farm because it was like farm life. If you've ever been on a farm, it doesn't stop. No. You just keep working. You've got to get it done. What's a German uh, sport horse? Is that for like polo and stuff? Um, so the German sport horses, her specific breed was Hanoverians. And they are the hunter jumpers and the dressage that you would see at the Olympics. Mm. Um, that was her, the breed that my mom did. I mean, at one time we had 68 horses. So if you can imagine me, it's like a little seven-year-old redhead kid holding on to a stallion and just walking them down the aisle. I mean, that was me as a kid. <laughs> ride me, so, Jimmy, yeah. ride me. Hold on a second. So, but, so when you were a kid, you were carrying farm animals that grew in size like Milo of Croton. He doesn't know yeah, what, yeah. what a lot of people Good don't know this is uh, so he's he was the inventor in ancient Greek history of progressive overload. Mm -hmm. So you know it's it, the stories are usually sometimes attributed to Hercules, but this is an actual person who lived according to you know records. And he was a celebrated wrestler and a, an athlete and bodybuilder. 
And he credited his uh, muscular gains as a young kid like you. He would carry the same bull into the town square every day. And then when finally he, the bull grew up and he was big and muscular, he killed the bull and ate it. <laughs> I mean, he gave thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, then he was yeah, so I, he was so um full of himself in some d- degree that he was like trying to punch a tree down and he got his fist stuck in the tree and the and the townspeople went back to town to get a saw to cut him out and when they came back he had been eaten alive by wolves. Ooh, okay. And that's how he met that his untimely fate. Great. That's some myth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But so the moral of the story was Got like it. learn when to quit, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um you know, I think a lot of that just that lifestyle of how you were brought up affects your body in a lot of different ways and you kind of have to figure that out because I just even as training now um Chris mm-hmm. who's my coach who you guys are going to have on he'll probably mention it to you is like I'm just like a little workhorse. You just put me to go and I just go. And you almost have to pull me off to say stop or I will just stop. Like there's no, when people are like, you're struggling past failure or whatever. Mine is literally like I get there and then it's a uh, switch off and I'm done. And did you so, actually carry, I mean, not to get stuck on Milo, but did you carry like <laughs> a farm animal as it got bigger in size? And did you get bigger in size? I'm- <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I I'm just always wanted know, to meet a person who actually did that cow every day. Um, I don't know if it was carried a cow every day, but I mean, I definitely was growing like I was, I mean, I grew up with all of them. Yeah. So as a kid, it was like we had foals, we had baby goats, we had chickens, all this stuff. So I was with them all day and carrying them around and dragging them and doing all this stuff. So I don't know if I carried them particularly in a set path but, every day. But even like I a did, small but, horse or a small cow is going to be really hard to pick up. You know? I, 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 yeah. A calf who's recently born, you could probably lift, but they get heavy very what quickly. What do you and I know oh, about farm animals? So I've been on farms. I've been to dairy farms. <laughs> I've been to all sorts of places. I drink milk or you know? eat yogurt, but I haven't been around a cow recently. Yeah, cows are huge. Yeah. Even pigs are yeah, huge. Yeah. Pigs get as big as this table. Yeah. But oh, a baby pig, pig is, yeah. you know, adorable. I think Paris Hilton had a pig. Yeah, but those those micro pigs are all lies. They're not really micro pigs. They uh, get big. Oh, really? Yeah, they're not tiny. People think they're little teacup yeah. pigs. I'm like, that's a baby pig. It's going to grow and be 40, 50 pounds minimum. You know? Jimmy, <laughs> is this a, a urban legends or truth or what? what is Mark saying? About pigs getting huge? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, those micro pigs—they're um, not really a thing. They right? don't really exist. It's—it's well, it's like a yeah. I I don't know much about pigs. I okay. didn't ever want pigs. We had them briefly, and we—they were rehomed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know that there are some things. It's kind of like the doodle thing. Yeah. I have a doodle, and um, she's Springer Spaniel Poodle, and there she was supposed to be twenty-three pounds. Well, she's forty-five. Mm-hmm. And that's oh something God. to do with the crossbreeding. So de- depending on how you're breeding an animal, it can mm-hmm. change a lot of the factors and you get a recessive gene thrown in there. And there you go. You got a 150 pound micro pig. Now you're, you're also <laughs> looking to start a herd of um, rare donkeys from France, the Poitou donkeys. How's that yes. going? Yeah. Well, I'm actually really excited about it. Um, so there is a great farm out of um, Texas ran by um, Patrick and Chris, they're a gay couple and they're just fantastic people. I love them. Um, they have one of the largest herds in 
I believe the world at this point. But um, we are talking with them about possibly getting a couple Poitou brought up to Washington to feature at the White Barn. And then we also just, I today actually, I got uh, one of the final designs of my plush line geared towards these animals. So um, we'll be starting a, a plush line for kids that kind of teaches them about Poitou and different breeds that are going extinct and why they're going extinct. And um, a percentage of that will go back to selected farms that are trying to rehabilitate these animals. For so pe- For people um, that don't know, this is a, a rare breed out of France. It's very hairy. They have very, very long hair. So you typically you think about a donkey and it's got a short coat, but these things, the hair goes all the way to the ground sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The dreadlock is one of the looks with them, but the, what a lot of people don't know is that the most famous Poitou in the world and is very true to personality is Eeyore. Eeyore is a Poitou. They based oh, Eeyore off Poitous. Yeah, he was based off the Poitou. So, um, and that's exactly their their personality. It's like they're just big love. They're like big loving dogs. Oh, they just was, want you to love them. Wasn't he kind of Eeyore was always kind of sad about. He's things. emo. Yeah, yeah, he was the oh well, like that kind of. he's just so great (laughs) yeah there was a famous one uh scene in you know the adventures of winnie the pooh where does monday at the office feel like a storm not with microsoft copilot that feeling when copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly it's sunny again when copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act that sun's shining on a beach and when copilot uncovers hidden insights you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. He's like not feeling well, and he doesn't want to be around people because they were worried, you know, something bad had happened to him. And so Piglet and uh, Winnie the Pooh go over there and visit with him, and they just sat there quietly with him, and and Eeyore felt better. Uh, <laughs> but you, you um, like those donkeys, you have long hair, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just like those donkeys. Well, I mean, really like, good a, segue there. I how long that. is your hair? Like, it's, it's like, I mean, I'm looking at photos of you on Instagram and it's like, it's down to your middle, almost to your waist, right? Um, it, so it was down halfway of my waist and then yeah. I cut it back in, oh God, I want to say April. Um, but I've been slowly but surely taking it up. I think I'm kind of ready to cut it off. I've had it now for about four years. Because, I mean, um, you're kind of looking like a real-life Tarzan. Now I get Tarzan, I get Thor, to, and yeah, I get four. Fabio. <laughs> 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 when it's clean and done right, it looks like Fabio. Um, but, yeah, I've been, I always wanted to grow my hair out. I, even when I was in high school, I had longish hair and... I just like it, but now I'm also starting to get to a point that with training every day and wanting to be more competitive with bodybuilding, it's just like, it's a lot of work and it's, 
<laughs> started to be like, well, maybe we should act as well. <laughs> well, you could be like, look, I have my hair. Cause a lot of these bodybuilders, they, you know, start the hair starts to thin. Cause yeah. you know, anabolic steroids and hair don't like each other. For some mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, and you're just like, no, he has a great body, but damn that hairline. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> yeah. And so you're just like, do you like my flowing long blonde hair? <laughs> I mean, I wish I could do that on stage, but I have to have it all like tight in a bun and like up because it can affect the appearance of your traps, your neck. It can make you look smaller overall. Mm. So I do have to style it up and get it looking a little shorter. Um, But yeah, it's always fun. I mean, it's, it's a blast to have long hair. I think everybody should have tried it once in their life. You did already did a competition. Or you yeah, about so, to do yes. Yeah. So I did a competition mm-hmm. in 2017. That was the first show that I ever did. It was right after Tarzan. So I kind of walked into it um, oh blindly. Yeah. Um, and then this year, um, I decided that I wanted to really go for bodybuilding again um, and really push and, and compete. And um, so I'll be competing in six or five or six weeks it's the first oh, week shit. of november we're yeah. like talking to you right at the precipice yeah you guys are talking to me right as, <laughs> right as it's starting to get intense <laughs> but it's been honestly it's been a great prep i have thoroughly enjoyed every step of the way with it um which i know is probably not the answer that everybody wants but it it's like i signed up for this so you're not going to hear me bitching about it well, do a lot of people are just like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to do this. Yeah. You know, I think it's just kind of our way of life right now is that everybody really, they want it to be easy. And that's, that's the thing is that like, especially when you're dieting for a show, it's not easy. You know what you're signing up for, especially if you've done it once. It's like, you know what you're signing up for, you know what you're getting yourself into and you're adding a huge layer of stress onto the rest of your life. So you better be ready for it and not be complaining because if you complain, you're just going to make it worse. Well, like, can you describe to the listeners, like what changes you've made into your meals and how that can be stressful to somebody? Is it, is it yeah. just eating the same things over and over again? Or is it? Well, I think a lot of people, uh-huh. A lot of people, I think, look at food as an enjoy- enjoyable experience. And I, I think food can be a very pleasant experience. I mean, we all bond over food. Um, but for me, I've always kind of viewed food as a little bit as fuel. So the biggest change that happened to me was um, Chris and I were talking and I kind of made a smart remark that I wasn't where I wanted to be physically and um he basically just looked at me and he said do you know i know why and i was like yeah and he's like because you won't follow anything 100 percent." and i was mm-hmm. like and it it took me off guard for a second because i thought he was gonna kind of sugarcoat it and then it really did sink in and i was like no i'm not i'm not following 100 percent." and so he approached me and said i want you to compete this fall and give it 110 percent." and i said okay and I made the commitment to myself that I was going to do it. Um, and if I was going to go see people, I was just going to make sure that I could get the nutrients in. But it, 
I think a lot of people get mad at themselves with bodybuilding and their physique because they're just not, I don't want to say they're not willing, but it really just comes down to that is they're just not willing to make the sacrifice. Are you willing to make a sacrifice in the now for the long-term goal? Uh, you know, and discipline and sacrifice are such hard words. <laughs> um, and part of it is like, you know, cause when I'm giving guidance and coaching to people, I, I usually say, it's like, look, we, we don't, you don't have the vocabulary to talk about these changes yet. Cause you've not experienced mm -hmm. them. You don't have a frame of reference. Yeah. And so for you, you know, I have coworkers where I work and they're like eating one meal a day. Americans, they skip breakfast, they skip dinner. Um, mm -hmm. and they're just wondering why their bodies are the way they are. And, and part of it is, look, it's, it's your torpedoing your metabolism, your, your, your level of processed foods is, you know, 80% when it should be around 20% or low or, Mm -hmm. Um, and, and just making these kind of changes is, is dramatically difficult one, because it's a psychological challenge. Uh, oh, you know, what's your, what's your breakfast like for, to give people an idea? Um, your first so my meal. Breakfast, mm -hmm. My breakfast is, I get, I'm trying to cut it. This is in grams. It's, it's about a cup of oatmeal, a cup of blueberries, three eggs. Uh, 300 grams of egg whites and a hundred grams of steak and steak and steak. I, and that's, that's kind of like the thing is like right now you're kind of uh, hitting me at a weird time because, um, Chris kind of flashing back really quick when it comes to when I'm talking about diet and that I'm more talking about competitive bodybuilders, people mm -hmm. who really want to be on stage. Um, the general public that just wants a lifestyle diet, I think they can really achieve it at like 85% of diets. Like you don't have to be a hundred percent on, you mm -hmm. can kind of guide it in this, but Chris and I have such a great communication style that I can constantly message him to be like, Chris, this is what's going on or that kind of stuff that he can make those adjustments quickly. But the only way he can make those adjustments accurately is if i'm following it a hundred percent and what, that's where i think this falls apart for people what kind of stuff comes that, up that he needs to make an adjustment is it because you're, you're you're working or you don't have the right foods or what's the what's those adjustments well, so i i own and operate my business mm -hmm. so um like this morning it's a, it's I a went florist gift shop or it's a home and garden home center and garden. so it's about a four thousand square foot gift and decor store with about a ten thousand square foot nursery we do weddings we do um custom metal work i mean it's a it's a pretty big operation and i'm i'm pretty busy all the time and the only time i can work out is at 6 a.m so i'm up at four i'm at the gym at six today i specifically had to drive directly to the um store unload a thousand pumpkins by myself I still got like 400 to go. <laughs> and then, um, so I, that's part wow. of your workout is the pumpkin loading and unloading. Well, that's something that I would communicate to Chris, but like a yeah. good example for me is that um, I have to communicate stress levels. I have to let him know, Chris, I'm having a very stressful situation happen right now. We're six weeks out. So light things can adjust me and I have to let him know. And I had a very stressful situation last week. And my communication with Chris was, was almost more important to me 
than contacting some other people involved. But I was like, I need to message Chris. He's got to know. This is important for him to know because my blood sugar might be off tomorrow. Or I might bloat later today. Like, it's just one of those things where your emotions can affect your diet. Um, so what does he do? Like, if you're stressed out, how does he change your diet? Is he just like, okay, less carbs, more carbs? Is it, uh, what's, how does that work? Um, so, well, here's a, <laughs> he, he really won't change my diet. If anything, he may say to me, like you go get an extra walk in and then drink some extra water and take some magnesium or, um, let's switch your fiber lights from the morning to the night. Um, maybe you need to get an extra meditation in maybe don't eat the last meal. Just go to bed like that kind of stuff. It's, mm -hmm. it's little changes. Um, luckily he hasn't had to pull meals on me or have me fast. But, um, for me, the reason why I hire a coach is because I don't trust myself to make the hard decisions for myself. <laughs> so example that happened last week, my grandma and I were together we spend every Wednesday together and she had a somewhat like a heart attack stroke. And I had to call 911 morning so was sorry. shot. I'm yeah. like, Oh, she's totally fine. Sorry. Should have followed up with that. She's okay. But it was a stressful situation. And I was like, you know what? I deserve, <laughs> I'm going to sound like a basic bitch, but I was like, <laughs> I deserve a pumpkin cold brew and a peanut butter jelly sandwich. Like I can have that. And I I'm, certain out and all this stuff and i text chris and i was like hey can i have this and i just get a response back that's no and i'm like <laughs> okay never mind yeah, i enough. can't have it well what if yeah, you get like a high enough. protein pumpkin pie recipe which we'll put in the uh show notes <laughs> of today people love the that we're posting of recipes for high protein or bodybuilding friendly <laughs> meals yeah, that's great. Yeah. I think off season that would be fantastic. Just being so close to the show, yeah. I don't get a choice. But that's well, what happened if, it, if it fits your macros? I I'll, and I'll be really honest with yeah. you guys. I don't worry about my macros, any of that stuff. I just take the plan that's given to me and I follow it to a T. And that and if I have any questions as far as digestion, um, it's not making me feel good. Um, I'm bloated. I'm allergic to that. That's when I submit it in. But other than that, if I'm good with all the food that's on it, that's all I'm doing. I don't want to, I'm an overthinker. I'm a business person. Yeah. I, I'm thinking 10 steps ahead and I'm trying to find all the loopholes that I can pull to say, well, I met my macros, but it's yeah. like, it doesn't matter, Jimmy. It doesn't matter. You switched your macros. You switched this around. Now I don't, know how your your body's responding you have to stay the same so i just follow the diet and so, that's so you're you're eating the same thing day after day after day in order to get ready for the contest but out, outside of the preparatory weeks you don't normally eat everything the same day um man i feel like i'm i must be just a little bit of a like a crazy person um because i I enjoy routine diet. Yes. Like I enjoy eating the exact same thing every single day. It takes guesswork out of my day. So even so in every, season, you have like a free a refrigerator full of like little steaks that you have every single day. I have literally my house has nothing in it that could tempt me to cheat. Okay. Um, I only have what's on my diet. 
in the house. So oatmeal, rice, chicken, steak, um, pineapple. That it's that's really it. I don't want anything else in there to distract me. But so so what I'm trying to like understand, like if I was like, you know, living with you and we're like, all right, Jimmy, time for make your breakfast. You're like, get the steak ready. So you're you're having a, almost like a buffet there. You're having some oatmeal, some blueberries, eggs, steak, and that's your breakfast. And then you go to the gym. An hour later, you're lifting. After your workout, yeah. you're having your post-workout meal, I'm assuming. So yeah. um, I have, so my, my overall diet during the day is two meals of chicken and rice with a cup of veggies. And then I get cashews and a protein shake. And then I get, um, at night, I get uh, steak, rice, and pineapple. And kimchi is in there somewhere. Kimchi and sauerkraut. Mm -hmm. And then I have a, a meal that is like a, um, like a fruit shake with a protein shake. Mm. Interesting. So fermented and, foods are important to your, in your diet. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer. In, it's like Mark made some beautiful, beautiful uh, collard greens and just mm -hmm. eating, you know, and, and this is why I, I tell a lot of people out there. It's like, you can have all the protein in the world, but if your diet is low on uh, dark leafy greens, you're not going to absorb it as much because the potassium and the calcium that's in those uh, cruciferous vegetables Mm -hmm. is it increases the absorption of the protein and your body's able to utilize it. And so a lot of coaches or trainers or nutritionists, they intentionally sort of pair these things together in order to sort of, uh, you know, optimize absorption and utilization of these nutrients. Yeah. And I, I think the thing for me is, yeah. is that, um, cause I know I really worked hard to find a coach that I clicked with. Mm -hmm. And when it comes down to it, I have to, I'm, I'm paying money. I'm making the choice. I'm doing all the work. I have to trust that he is going to get me the best physique possible. I still have to do the work, but I've got to follow his plan. And that's where I try to kind of tell people, I'm like, why does all of the, as an athlete and a competitor, do you really want to overthink your diet? Or do you just want to follow it to a T and say, I completed my mission. I was perfect today. There you go. How do mm -hmm. I need to improve? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what's been really nice for me on this go around that I fully have invested in this and fully invested in my coach and letting him know everything. Um, and it, I, it's the progress that I have made is like, I didn't even think I was going to make that progress. I was shocked. Well, I mean, based on just your photos right now, you know, you have this beautiful, lean, muscular, large, muscular physique. And it's like, you know, and, and as uh, yeah. to quote, um, was it uh, Carol Cook in um, 16 Candles? Yes. Her nipples are so perky. <laughs> <laughs> She's still around. She's still around. Carol She's like Cook. 91 and still I know. acting. I love her. <laughs> but you look phenomenal. Uh, you look Thank great. You. Uh, you know, you have a dance background, a performance background. So I imagine that like your one minute solo performance, cause you're doing classic physique or. Um, we're not positive yet where yeah. I'll be landing weight wise because okay. my weight has stayed pretty consistent um, every day. 
in the low 200s. Um, so that's where I've been sitting. So we'll see. I would love to drop into classic. I don't know if I'm going to make the cutoff. That's oh, where I just so you'd have I to lose know. weight to get into classic. Yeah, I'd have to lose. I think about, uh, I think ten pounds in my body for it just really wants to hold and it wants to grow. And that's the thing that I love about this diet is that um, I'm hungry, but I'm not starving, and my body just keeps adding every week. I feel like I'm looking fuller. I'm looking bigger. I'm still looking as ripped as I need to be. So. It's been really nice with that. Um, and listen, but, Jimmy, no one's complaining. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad no one's complaining. <laughs> Nobody's like, I am just keep getting more muscular and bigger. Damn it. I exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, why are you over here? But uh, yeah. to answer your question about the performing, um, yeah, I. that's the part that I have fun with. Um, I remember seeing posing routines done by Bob Paris and – that was, he's always been somebody I very much looked up to and um, just kind of taking the posing part and creating the artistic part of bodybuilding, uh, which I very much do consider bodybuilding more of an art form than it is a sport. And I think it'll be shown in my routine. Well, I can't wait. Uh, I hope you film that and post that on Instagram so we can all see it. Yeah, I'll definitely try to. I, I'll be up there posing. Because part of it is like, you know, <laughs> we have a couple of friends who are like uh, retired or, you know, pause. You never stop being a drag queen. You know, <laughs> once a drag queen, always a drag queen. But a lot of these bodybuilding pageants or contests um, do feel like drag queen pageants, you know, and, and there's a certain like naive charm and lots of muscle. And yeah. um, and so some of these performances can get really cornball and. <laughs> <laughs> and hilarious and then there's other ones you're just like left gasping like oh my god that's so beautiful and sexy and transcendent yeah well and i think that's yeah that's what you, i think a lot of us should be striving for it's like you there's something very interesting about a muscular physique it catches everybody's eye mm -hmm. i mean that's the thing and tom platz talks about this in an interview where he says people are just so mesmerized. At first, they're kind of like, "Oh, that's gross," but then they want a second look. And they like, I want to. I want to see what this it. really is. Yeah, touch exactly. this but skin, honey. Touch <laughs> this skin all over. You can't handle this because I am what an overgrown orangutan. <laughs> that's from Paris is Burning, by the way. But not, right. not, uh, um, not pumping iron. <laughs> <laughs> Two of the greatest uh, documentaries of all time, actually. Uh, one is on bodybuilding, pumping iron, and and the other one is about drag queens. Paris is burning. Mash them yeah. together. Mash them. Really, a great remix. It's like I don't know. And you know, Kai Green these days, he's looking pretty cute in his wig and bra and heels. and heels and makeup. You know, just saying, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm not sure anybody's ready for that. Yeah, well, you've, me, you're no stranger we'll to uh, a boa and heels and makeup, you know. Exactly. Very true. I guess you're right. Yeah. I may have already crossed that line a while you, you ago. You don't have to dream it because you already were it. Exactly. So <laughs> let's see what happens at this next show, right? <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't wait to see it. And you're, you're looking phenomenal. And, and you know, I mean, you're going to blow everybody away. Are you dating anybody these days? I am not. I am single and all that, I'm all that beef and no gravy <laughs> oh no 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 i'm i i feel like it's better like 
you know, I guess it's a bad thing to say, but no, it's been, it's been really nice to be single and going through prep by myself. Um, spending a lot of time with myself on this and understanding it. I think dragging a partner through this would have been, <laughs> been brutal, but I, and do you mostly go for guys or women or by trans? I'm or? mainly, I'm yeah. mainly the men, the, 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 the fellas. Unfortunately, I'm attracted to men. Does it mean I want them? No, but I'm attracted to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you live in, in so. kind of a, a, a describe the where you're at is uh, the the town of a Belfair. Is that kind of rural or is it more urban? Yeah, so I live pretty rural. I live yeah. out. I'm on a farm again. Um, yeah. I'm about an hour west of Seattle. So you can open up the scruff and grinder and tinder like there's nobody there except you know flowers. I think the nearest person is like. 10 miles away oh my god <laughs> that's it cracks me up when people are like in the city and they're like oh my god you're a mile away i'm like that's like walking distance it's not that hard <laughs> <laughs> if you can't walk a mile for me what will you walk a mile for exactly, exactly. well listen you're work, worth uh, 10 miles at least you know <laughs> uber it Tell us about the TV show that you did, the uh, Full Bloom. I was trying to find a, I was trying to look for it on HBO Max, but I, I couldn't see it. I don't know if they yanked it or, or, or what yeah, happened. I don't know if it got picked back up. Um, but yeah, I was cast on a TV show. It was called uh, HBO's Full Bloom. It was a floral competition show, um, and I went on there. You only had to watch the first episode for me, mm. which was fine. So you're, I, the, I, you're the basically I mean, the were, Kelly mantle of your season. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Early eliminated. <laughs> um, yeah, I got eliminated first, but um, it was a great experience. But the thing was that I was only doing florals for like eight months when I got cast on the show. I had, mm. I had a background in florals, but I wasn't as experienced as these people. These are, these are professionals that were doing it for 10, 15 years. I mean, Ron did huge events in new york and lutfi same deal in new york and we had a lot of people in the show that were just high 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 caliber mm -hmm. um so it was a great experience it was hard because we were in the middle of lockdown um or we were still in the covid bubble of scares so they had us masked we were sectioned off in a certain area you weren't allowed to talk you had to be quiet most of the time um but it, we weren't allowed to go to the gym. So I was like losing my mind. I was like, they had us quarantined two weeks before filming. And then I was on set for two weeks and you were just shuttled back and forth between set and your room. That was it. You couldn't leave. Oh, so, wow. So you didn't bring like yeah. uh, uh, weight bands or were doing pushups or body weight squats or anything like that? Or? Yeah. I mean, I had some of that, but at the same time, it was like, there's just something about going to the yeah. gym. That's almost like a sanctuary that you're yeah. like, Oh, I can, throw down all the crap here and then leave, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, do you have to travel far to go to their gym or do you have like a, a barn with all this equipment or? Oh man, I wish I had a barn with all the equipment. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I travel, I travel about 20 minutes, 25 minutes is probably to my gym. Um, and so I drive there. I usually am up out of the house by five 30 at the gym, meet Chris six. We train for about an hour, hour and a half. And then I'm back home. Um, so I kind of, finagle that into my routine but usually you're having the, your steak eggs and oatmeal before that no so okay. i usually go on a fasted stomach and have it when i get back okay okay yeah and i i will say though that drive to the gym is a lot of prep time 
for me to just get into a space that I'm ready to go in and enjoy. Um, I don't look at the gym as a, I have to improve my body and my body needs to be better. I look at it as this is a celebration and look what I can do. And I remember when I couldn't do this and I can do it now. And I'm so grateful and really changing the aspect because that was what got me even more excited to go to the gym was mm-hmm. that I was like, Oh no, this is, this is fun. This is a fun thing. Um, instead of some people I think go and they really just beat the crap out of themselves mentally and physically. And it's like, give yourself a bone, be nice to yourself. Like, yeah, like I see said, people like that. And it's thought. like, they're just, you know, seem so unhappy with themselves or, and part of that is like, you know, unhappy people tend to lift more than they, their bodies are able to. And so they're more prone to injury. Mm-hmm. And there was a one time I was like, you know, I, I, I mean, Mark and I've been doing this podcast for a long time, yeah. some years, <laughs> a long 10 years. And, you know, sometimes we rub people the wrong way and they come after us on social media. And there was this one person who was just like really getting my goat. And I shouldn't mm-hmm. have been like engaging with that negative conflict on social media. And of course, then I'm doing a row and I threw out my back. And so, you know, when that happened, I was just like, I let this person get into my head and now Mm -hmm. I'm having to take like two or three weeks off because, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, literally letting the haters win in that sense. Well, and, but it goes back to kind of what we touched on a little bit at the beginning is it's an emotional aspect. That's, that's the, I think a lot of the difference of with competitors is that the ones that thrive in it they really understand that it's all aspects of who you are that's coming into play and you have to keep everything dialed in. And that's why I will text my coach and say, I'm having a very stressful situation right now. This is what's going on. What do you want me to do? Should I wait to eat my meal? Like eat it now, change nothing. Like, even if it seems like I'm sharing too much, I, I don't want to screw up 12 weeks of work because somebody pissed me off you know, or something shitty happened. Um, so making sure your mentality and you have those people in place to support you mm-hmm. when that happens is, is really key. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, I mean, you're just days away from that and, you know, you got eliminated on the, on the, the show, the flower, where's it? The, the full bloom, I was going to call it the f- big flower fight. <laughs> I a, wish that one was fun too. Wasn't they that cute? Cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. It, it stars the 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 woman from uh, what we do in the shadows. Right, I forget her name. Off the comedian. Yeah, yeah we interviewed uh, uh, Jan and Hunk. Jan and Hunk. From, yeah. From okay. That show. The fairies. I, I mean, I imagine that people compare you to a radical fairy, or you know. <laughs> I get David from Shit's Creek a lot. A David of Shit's Creek. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he did have a story, didn't he? He yeah. did. So mm-hmm. I get David from Shit's Creek a lot. I'm like, I do wear color, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, he always wore just black and white, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and, and, and before we uh, wrap this up, though, you also worked at Disneyland as a tour guide. I did not work at Disneyland as a tour guide. That's I wish what I your did. bio says. I, it does. I'm Selected sorry credits include Luke and next fall at Fantastic Z, Tarzan, blah, 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 blah. He found his passion for art. He's an avid I Love Lucy rewatcher, steak eater, Disneyland tour guide, and self-proclaimed interior designer. So this is, I would, this is I would uh, say, 
Playbill you know lies. Let's, let's flip that. Yeah, Playbill lies. Um, let's flip that. I'm a interior designer, but I'm a self-proclaimed Disney guide because every single person I've taken to Disneyland, there's not a, fa- a falseness in this because um, I used to go to Disneyland every year and I would take someone that's never been or someone that hated Disneyland. And by the end, they ended up going all the time by themselves. <laughs> so, um, so you're, I, you. I, you're I, a Disneyland enthusiast. You didn't work for the Disney Corporation. I was a Disneyland enthusiast. Um, I don't know if like I'm allowed to say it. I guess I'm allowed to say it. Um, nothing. What are they going to do? Uh, um, I did audition and for a character. When I was I was down there, I auditioned for a character for Disneyland, and um, it was right before a little known character named Thor came into the parks, and I was told that I was on hold for a character that looked like me, um, and I would be contacted in six months if the first actor dropped. <gasps> I wasn't contacted, but that was still kind of a thing, and I was like the only character I could think was Thor because he was then introduced into the parks about eight months later. And so everyone's like, oh, let me touch your hammer, Thor. <laughs> I want your wish, Mew Mew. But out here, there's not much of that. So, <laughs> What's your favorite thing to, in Disneyland? Like, for I love the uh, Tiki Bird Room. I love that one, too. Yeah. I think it's amazing. People think it's creepy, but I, I'm like, it's so fun. You get Dole Whip. You sit in there. Eat your face out. Listen to some birds sing. I mean, it's fantastic. Well, I love that it's, I guess you know, mostly intact in, in the sense that it's very much the, the same experience that people had when they first opened Disneyland. They just have reworked the motors. So they're more reliable. Yeah. I think it, that's one of the last, um, I think it's one of the last rides that Walt touched himself. Mm. Well, and it has so. the great voice actor, uh, Ravenscroft. Uh, what what is this? Mm-hmm. I don't. I also like the. Uh, it's a small world after all, because you just get to sit there and get annoyed by that song playing over <laughs> it and over and over again. Oh yeah, Thor, oh, yeah. Thor, Thor not Thor, Thurl Ravenscroft, uh, who's best known for doing the voice of Tony the Tiger. They're great, you know. And I think he also sang your mean one, Mr. Grinch. And Mr. Grinch. That's uh, no, that was um, yeah. uh, the guy who did. Um, Mr. Grinch was, uh, oh God, Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff, yeah. Oh, but he did the oh. singing part. Yes, he did the singing part. You're right? a mean one, Mr. Grinch. And, gotcha. and um, he does the, one of the voices of the German parrots in the Tiki Bird Room, Franz, Fritz. Oh, yes. You know? Yes. I see. <laughs> has, has no <laughs> hair, you know? <laughs> in the Tiki, 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 Tiki Room. And, and you're just like, I mean, that would be a great bodybuilding song to <laughs> would it know, would be terrible or would they just turn it off like right away <laughs> be like you're done Goodbye. well that's the thing is, like i'm doing at the age of 50 next year i'm doing my first bodybuilding contest congratulations and uh you know my coach is just like and i just we're fight like cats and dogs and i'm just like oh my god what have i gotten myself into and you know it, it, it literally is it's like uh little miss sunshine is gonna be more <laughs> Like, you know, I want to play a uh, sex machine or, you know, uh, what is that? Do we, do we need to have a therapy session live right now? I might need to. Between yeah. you and your coaches? Would I, you I like may- to divulge it? No, I'll give plenty of, plenty of information. <laughs> <laughs> well, part of it is like, you know, it, 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 it's so important to find a good coach. 
And, mm-hmm. and it's important to have somebody who is on your side, you know, when you're needing help, you know, I think the n- number one rule of a coach, a good coach is somebody who responds to your text messages, right? Yeah. I mean, and that's why I, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's why I love Chris is that yeah. because he's there for me and he knows we're starting to get to crunch time. I mean, my, my goal with Chris, is I told him, I said, my goal is to go pro. I want to be eventually one day. I want that pro card and I want to compete. I want to move forward in it. And it's, it's not like as a career, it's as a passion. I just love it. So bring um, the sword so I, home or don't come home at all. Exactly. I know. I really want the sword. <laughs> I want it so bad, but it, yeah. but I, I will tell you is that the thing about a coach is they are not only just your diet coach, your training partner, they are your cheerleader and they're your therapist. And because they're the ones that are putting you through it and they know your, your limits and they've got to be there for you too. If they're just telling you to do it and won't talk to you when you're having a hard time, well, yeah, it sounds like you need something else. Well, and I've noticed that, you know, you go to the, like download these apps in terms of meals and they're all like for breakfast, you're having a plate of Turkey jerky. And you're like, this app yeah. is broken. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that, yeah, it just goes to uh, that app doesn't know your body. Yeah. Chris and I have a, a year and a half history of working together. He knows my body. He knows how it responds so he can make the right adjustments. And even he said, I'm eating so much food right now, mm-hmm. but he wouldn't have known that if we didn't have the time to get through this and work together slowly, but surely to make the competition, mm-hmm. make this entire transition easy. Well, what's a takeaway that you can give the listeners like who are trying to get even, you know, started or going in the direction that you effortless, you make it look effortless. You make, you sound, mm-hmm. you sound like you're like, I'm so happy at the gym and everything's great. And I'm, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. the thing that I came to terms with, there's two things that I, I think are really important for people that want to get in shape or even compete is if you don't love yourself, adding 60 pounds of muscle isn't going to make you love yourself anymore. You, you don't see it. You will have the bigorexia thing and all of that. So you really have to work on first. I love and accept who I am as a person. And I'm doing this because I enjoy it. And it's, it's good for my body. And I want to respect my body. Secondly, if you're waiting for motivation and like that big, like spiritual hit that suddenly you're like, I love going to the gym. It's so much fun to wake up at 4 a.m. That's never coming. So you might as well just suck it up and go because (laughs) what'll happen is you'll get more into a routine and you start to notice that, Oh, my body's craving the routine. It's it's not that I enjoy waking up at four o'clock in the morning. It's that now my body is so routine into it that I don't really even have a choice. Like Mm -hmm. I, even on my off day, I'm up at about four 30 and I'm up. I'm like, I've got to walk around. I crash about eight thirty nine, and I usually sit in bed and read a book for about 45 minutes. And so I'm you, that's usually, I feel like I sound like one of those really gross, like influencers. It's like, so I like meditate, do all these things. But I really do do this. Um, I and then lines of cocaine. And <laughs> so you close up the shop and then you pretty much have a meal and then go to like, go to bed. So typically I will uh, start work at 10. Well, I'm usually answering emails all morning, but like 10 o'clock I'm at the shop. I work till six and then I close up and I head back home. I'm home about six 30. 
cook my meal. I let it wind down. And then I'm usually ready to go to bed about eight thirty nine o'clock. Like I'm like, well, I'm and at done. your shop, you probably have a refrigerator, you know, with like, I have all my meals and, prepared. Yeah. Yeah. So I take everything to work with me prepared, ready to go. Um, and I just have my meals. So and do you, like are I, your I just, coworkers or the people that work at your shop there, are they like, he's so healthy. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, uh, everybody has learned that if I don't eat, I'm not someone you want to be around. So mm. everybody will ask if I'm like Keep a little, Jimmy well they're like, did you eat your meal? Yeah. They're like, did you eat your meal? I'm like, no, I did not I'm going to go eat. I'll be right back. So, um, and that, that's the thing is that you just start setting your, your program and your body will fall in line. I do. I do know what you mean. It's like, if I'm missing a meal, I'm just like devastated. Hanger is, is a real thing. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, I'm, you know, I always tell people one bit of advice that I tell the listeners is like, if you're trying to, you know, prioritize your time or you're just like running out of time, and it's either go to the gym or do meal preparation. Always do meal preparation first. Oh, yeah. 100%. You know, skip the gym, go to the grocery store, get your foods, prepare it. You'll be, because that at least you can think clearer. Yeah. And your body will start functioning so much better. Yeah. And you just, you're going to see the results through your diet. And I just think that's the thing is that um, a lot of people, it just goes back to, I think a lot of people think that it's this super enjoyable experience and all these things. And it's just happy go lucky. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it's, I have struggles constantly where I will text Chris and be like, Chris, am I on par? Like, am I on track? I'm starting to get in my head about this. And I leave it to him to say, yeah, you're fine. If he says I'm good, then I don't need to worry about anything anymore. And that's why it's important for, I think a lot of people who said, well, I'm going to do it on my own. Find somebody who will be a hundred percent honest with you and accountable nine times out of 10. That's not going to be your partner because you're going to take that to bed with you. If they said that, mm, well, you shouldn't have ate that extra bounty. <laughs> uh, so that, that is finding that person that you can be like, okay, tell me what you really think. Like what, what's going on here? Well, um, is it, is it, did you ever see a Avenue Q? I did. Uh, well, I know yeah. the musical. The musical, yeah. right? And uh, the yeah. the the Bert, the gay Bert and Ernie character, the parody. Uh, the Bert is has a crush on the Ernie, and Ernie's mm -hmm. like, "If I were gay, but but I'm not that way." <laughs> yeah, and you know, and a lot of people fall in love with their coaches when the relationship is good. So imagine, like, do you ever see yourself like in a relationship with somebody who's very similar to your coach? No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love Chris. Chris is like, yeah. Chris is probably my best friend. He is my brother. I mean, he is, I don't know. I can't even describe the relationship because we're just so close. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's definitely more like brothers in the fact that like I can lean on him. He can lean on me. We got each other's backs. No matter what, we always have each other's backs. Um, I don't know if I could date another bodybuilder. <laughs> I don't know if I could handle it. I would maybe be a little like, this is my thing. <laughs> you well, do. Cause you see these you gay do. couples on Instagram and they're all like, we went to the gym together. Now we're at Mykonos and this is our new underwear line. And you know, follow oh, yeah. us on OnlyFans I mean, where I eat his ass out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, yeah. But the thing too yeah. is you're looking at a snapshot. Like you don't know the whole picture. They probably didn't do their workouts together. But that's the other part too, is that if you're partnered with somebody that's like, what if I was partnered with somebody that was in the same class as me and suddenly they wanted to switch to start working with Chris too. And now we're eating totally different, but we're comparing each other's physique. Like there's going to be that comparison, especially if you're competing in the same shows and all that. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It is a weird, you know, I would say like with Mark, you know, especially Mark this year, you've built a lot of muscle. Why, thank you. And, and part of me is like a little bit of jealous, but I'm also like, yes, because <laughs> I admire and I'm aroused by another man's muscular physique. I don't know if that's true for you. Uh, yeah. I mean, I totally love muscular physiques and fit physiques. Yeah. I think it's great. Um, I just, I've never dated a bodybuilder. So I don't know what it's like to be on the other end of that. Well, and you're just getting your feet wet there too. I mean, so this will be your second contest. Yeah, this will be my second contest full in. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. Maybe you'll have me back on and I'll be like, yeah, I married the head judge. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see how that goes. I think uh, Chris is a judge. He does. He's not going to judge your contest. Well, no, though, but right? obviously no. he can't. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't do it if he was. Um, <laughs> it would be mean. Um, I yeah, he is a NPC judge, I believe. Mm. Yeah, so he's sitting there going, I don't know about those quads. <laughs> oh, he is brutal. That's why I'm really? telling people like you have to have you have to have your hype team, but then you have to have the realistic person that's going to say no. Like I know for a fact that if I get to the day of the show and something happened where all of a sudden I'm bloated or whatever, and I looked like I didn't look right. I know Chris would say, it's not worth it. Don't walk on that stage. And I'd be like, okay. Really? Like, so like, you. even if you'd done all this preparation, cause there was, there was a viral video that was going around last week, I think about the, and we, nobody could understand what he was saying. Cause it was another country in another language. Um, and this bodybuilder, I guess he didn't get the placing that he wanted. So he just sat down on the stage and wouldn't budge. And he was like, you know, 250 pounds lean muscle. And he's just like, he was pissed. I mean, <laughs> that sounds like a him problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I detached myself from the outcome. Of course, I'm going to be excited if I win. I'm going to be bummed if I don't come in the place placing that I want. Yeah, but I can't let it destroy my life. There's another competition. I can always do another show. I can always improve for the next one. And to be quite frank, I've even told Chris, I said, Chris, I'm more excited for a rebound than the competition because I know, I know what I can do now following a a diet plan to a hundred percent. And I'm like, I'm excited to see what happens after the show, after I've been ripped and shredded for however long, and then just adding weight and gaining and adding that size and putting in the work. And, and honestly, your competition, when you're in prep mode, that's the easy part. You're just getting ready to show everybody what you've done. Off season's the hard part because you've got to put in all that extra work to grow, re, start reorganizing your body. Well, and also it gets uh, people to pay attention and follow you on uh, Instagram. Jimmy Cook, yes. Cook Jimmy. With two M's and two I's. Yes. 
<laughs> not, not to be confused with the guy who has one M. <laughs> <laughs> and so people can like go to White Barn Decor and you're there and you're like, and you give excellent customer service, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you want some pumpkins? Yes. I'll just, you know. Yes, the, the amount yeah. of messages I got about my pumpkins this morning. I was like, okay, that one went a little wild. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Like people are slipping into your DMs with their... With that, you know, I mean, if you're gay and and you've been around on the internet at around Halloween, you always have that, you know, pumpkin glory hole or somebody fucking <laughs> cutting a hole into a pumpkin, you know? And you're yeah, just like, oh, not again. I don't think I got those, but it was a lot of like people liking my pumpkins. And I was like, well, thank you. <laughs> well, your pumpkins um, uh, are very nice. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> They're plump and hard. I, at this point, yes. And when you it's get into that stage, they'll be bright orange, too. Exactly. I mean, basically, I am a pumpkin. So I was like... Well, not, do you identify as a ginger or as a blonde? Um, It's really weird. I... I think I'd identify more as a ginger. My hair growing up was very red. Okay. I had very like copper red hair. Because some gingers don't identify as gingers. They hate the term ginger. Yeah. Oh, I, I never. I mean, I, I think remember for a while, my friends were making fun of me as a ginger, but I was like, I don't care. I, was, <laughs> uh, I know I'm hotter I than like, you guys are, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> I was like, it's cool. I'm like 2% of the world. I'm fine. <laughs> Neanderthals were so, gingers. Really? Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You're all born from us. Oh, yeah. so so <laughs> are you like more, you know, of the it's land? just one or? gene or something oh. like that. But they also say human, humans humans got their the qualities that make our skin better than Elastic. most primates. Yeah, the elasticity and stuff comes from Neanderthals as well. Because we, uh, mm. and the hornness of humans. Because we had sex with Neanderthals, and mm -hmm. that's why we, you know, basically uh, human beings stick their dicks where they <laughs> should or shouldn't. They, were, they, <laughs> they were saw those Neanderthals and they're brought like, into the fold. Damn, baby, you got you thick. <laughs> <laughs> they went to the, it's it's when they go to the Smithsonian Institution where they have the Museum of Natural History, and they're like, I can see why they were turned on by these Neanderthals. Yeah, <laughs> it's like rub that might have to be a new gay category. Yeah, Neanderthal. <laughs> they're like, oh, There's baby, the bears and then the Neanderthals. Yeah, a pickup lines for Neanderthals is like, oh, is that you're uh, rubbing that stick to make fire? You just happen to see me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you prepped that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jimmy, it's a pleasure talking to you. Uh, congratulations on your uh, new enterprise as a bodybuilder. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on, you guys. I really enjoyed it. If ever I should leave you. And, and please let us know how the uh, how the competition goes. I will. I'll be posting updates all the way up until. What's, so. the, what's the date of the competition again? I believe it's the first Saturday. Everybody's making fun of me because I don't know the exact date. It's the first Saturday of November. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're, we're going yeah. to a, a contest that day, too. We have a couple of friends in the... Uh, Gladiator, is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, NPC Nationals in Illinois yeah. here. Awesome. And they're awesome. like, cool. they're mad because I can't keep track of what category they're doing. And I'm like, they all look, what? listen, you're going to change the category the day of. So what are you telling oh, yeah. me? You know? Just go and do what you want to do. Yeah. 
Uh, I do whatever the coach tells me to do because I'm bottoming for the coach. Uh. <laughs> threw that one in there too. Good job. Proud of you. <laughs> Are you going to eat four dozen eggs like Gaston? Like Gaston ever one day? Hey, if it's part of the plan, it's part of the plan, I'll do it. Because that, that seems it like a lot of cholesterol, even for even though <laughs> egg cholesterol is not as bad as we used to think. Yeah, and I mean, we I'm on a farm, so I can always get some chickens. How many uh, eggs do you get from your chickens in a day? Oh, these bitches! They are they <laughs> stopped laying head eggs. They're done. They're done. They just decided. We don't know what happened. They just decided one day that do they, they were age done out laying of it or eggs. something. I'm like. They can age out of it, but they're only like three. They're not that old. I'm like, do you have a rooster on, to get them horny? No roosters. No well, that's roosters. What you need I think do. you need a rooster to kind of yeah. get the thing. I need moving. to get a rooster. Yeah. Yeah. We might have to do that. Big or you could dress rooster. up as a rooster. Mm. <laughs> and just I'm be good like, with that one. <laughs> <laughs> they'll know. <laughs> they're like, you don't fool me. Uh, Jimmy. <laughs> Congratulations. Please keep us informed. If you're ever in Chicago, come tape the show with us in person and we'll go to All uh, right. get a workout in together. That sounds amazing. And I'll be Thank like, you guys. We'll talk soon. Jimmy, you have to stop working out. We can't keep up. <laughs> <laughs> might happen. It might happen. Just saying. All right. Bye bye, Jimmy. <laughs> bye, you guys. Jimmy Cook lives in Belfair, Washington, out there. Uh, White Barn Decor is his retail store. And, of course, follow him on Instagram. Cook Jimmy with two I's and two M's. Mm. Mm. Jimmy can cook. What a, what a Jimmy can cook, baby. Oh, my goodness. What a, <laughs> a good-looking, what a charming guy. You know? I know. How sweet. If ever I should leave you, it wouldn't be in summer. We have a fan... A letter from Bo. We do. Yes. He wrote, oh. I feel seen. Fausto, Mark, and their guests on Let's Grow Big Together make me feel like I belong as a queer man in the gym. Their commentary is funny, but also informative, relatable, and motivating. Thank you for making space for queer people in bodybuilding and fitness and for letting us in on the fun along oh. the way. Well, you're welcome, and thank you. I appreciate that review. And if you'd like to re leave a review for us, you can do that on, on Apple Podcasts. Mm -hmm. Reviews help people notice the show and give a nice endorsement of the show. Damn, that's damn right. That's damn right. Let's Grow Big Together is a production of Feast of Fun. Access thousands of legendary podcasts for over 18 years, interviewing all kinds of amazing, extraordinary people at feastoffun.com slash plus, and you'll feel that good, warm feeling, and that's not just your pre-workout yeah. kicking in, that you are helping to support a unique, one-of-a-kind, original programming aimed at LGBT people, athletes, bodybuilders, artists, drag queens, entrepreneurs, extraordinaires, and creative people of all shapes and sizes. You can also find us at Patreon, patreon.com slash Feast of Fun, and you can follow us on our socials, uh, on Instagram, Fausto Fernos, I'm Mark Fillion on Instagram, And if on you, Twitter. you know, been lifting weights for a while, and you're like, like me, you're like trying to get to the next level, hire me, I'll talk to you for an hour, 99 bucks, we'll go through looking at everything you've been doing in the gym, and in the kitchen, your meals, your workouts, your sleep, the quality of your sex life, everything from a to z and answer all your questions no questions too outrageous or too difficult and get you to the next level uh just message me on instagram fausto fernos 
There are still slots available to uh, fill. Has an open slot for you. Uh, yeah, I want to, uh, you know, uh, leave it people here with with the idea, you know, because sometimes like when you're working out or working on a project, it's not clear that there's any progress being made. And Aaron Curtis, Iron Curtis, mm -hmm. who was on our show yeah. a couple weeks ago, uh, he said, you know, all those little consistent little wins over a long duration add up to something pretty special. Aww. Extraordinary. Okay. So never lose track of that. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. I'm Fausto Fernandez. I'm Mark Fillion. Bye. Bye. -bye.